بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ tonight is the 3rd of January in the year 2024 and alhamdulillah we moved on to the 62nd night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companion Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiyallahu and the last report I mentioned was the touching report in which Hussain radiyallahu had put on his armor i.e. forcing the issue with regards to his brother Hassan being buried next to their illustrious grandfather where Abu Hurairah intervened and eventually Hussain stepped down but then Abu Hurairah said with great grief if the son of Musa was brought to be buried with his father and that was prevented would that not be unjust and they all said in one voice yes upon which he replied this is the son of Rasulullah who has been brought to be buried next to his father I and look at how you have treated him this is in Ibn Sa'ad in Istabakat 1-3-4-0 with a Sahih channel transmission so adding details in Al-Bidayah 8-9-2-8 Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu he could not now but vent his anger towards Marwan. For Walid ibn Rabah rahmatullahi said, I heard Sayyidina Abu Hurairah say to Marwan ibn al-Hakm, you are not the leader. The leader is indeed someone else, so leave him. Abu Hurairah said this to Marwan when they had intended to bury Hassan alongside Rasulullah Abu Huraira continued you are involving yourself where you do not belong and have no authority your purpose is only to please that person who is not here i.e. Muawiyah the report goes on to mention that Abu Huraira thereupon said that Walid said I take an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after this incident, Marwan kept his distance from Abu Huraira despite being the governor and having authority over him. So let's look at this. So Abu Huraira is grieving. Who does he vent his anger towards? Marwan, the governor. And what did he say to him? He goes, you're not the leader. The leader is someone else. Muawiyah. So leave him, leave Hassan to be buried. Why are you getting involved? And then Abu Huraira says, you got no, like you say in today's lineage, <coughs> you're putting yourself into <coughs> a position that doesn't belong to you. This doesn't concern you. He goes, your purpose is only to please that person who is not here. Meaning Muawiyah. So in other words, he's angry. He goes, the only reason you stopped Hassan from being buried next to his grandfather is you think that you will please Muawiyah by that. And then he continued, he kept saying, and then one of the subnarrators said, after this, Marwan kept his distance from Abu Huraira, despite being the governor and having authority over him. In other words, he took out his anger on 
but one because he was the one he considered instrumental. So that shows how much he loved the Ahlul Bayt. You know, when people say he was an Umayyad, you know, he was a staunch Umayyad, explain this. Why is he rebuking the governor? Why is he saying you're doing this to please Muawiyah? And clear proof that obviously, and also note, he didn't say you are pleasing him. The intention was you think you're pleasing him. In other words, do you think Muawiyah would stop Hassan from being married next to the grandfather, his grandfather? Because this is just, because what you're doing. Indeed, Sheikh Hamada, Rahmatullah, in his Al-Dawhan An-Nabawiyah Al-Shari'ah, 98, he further clarified. Sayyidina Abu Huraira, Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdullah, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Jafar, and Sayyidina Miswar ibn Makhrama, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, amongst others, all persuaded Sayyidina Hussein to change his mind, which he did. Thus, Hassan Radiyallahu who was buried in Jannat al-Baqi next to his mother, Sayyida Fatima al-Zahra. So this is important. I'm focusing on Abu Huraira. So another mistake you could now make was it was only Abu Huraira who calmed the situation. The answer is no. Other Sahaba also came. Jabir ibn Abdullah, Abdullah ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Jafar, Miswar ibn Makhlama. So and obviously no contradiction. They all were trying to, you know, put out the flames that was potentially going to be fun. So they all did their bit. And of course, eventually Hassan was buried next to his mother in Jannat al-Baqi. So reflect. Who but a degenerate could say that Sayyidina Abu Huraira had wholeheartedly sided himself with the Umayyads and that his influence on Marwan was nothing short of another divine blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the benefits of the believers as a whole. So Lord Marwan, he was a gift for Marwan, Abu Huraira, radiyallahu He was, you know, keeping him on the straight and narrow, as they say. So this is the authentic narrative. So now, let's go to the fabricated reports. So now, this is why, the reason I mentioned the fabricated reports is you could find everything in history. You can find everything in history. So if you want to find, you know, falsehood, you'll find it. So what I've mentioned is authentic. Here it is vital to point out that there are numerous fatally weak or weak reports about notorious so-called incidents surrounding the burial of Hassan. (laughs) Subhanallah. Diseased and misguided Muslims have thus clung onto these very reports in order to distort our true Islamic history. So think about that. If you are following your passions and you are diseased, you will look for what you want to find. And these shaitans have done exactly that. They've, they go, look, we want to find something on the companions. They have found it. And even though they know these are fake reports, they will cling to it and then they will promote it. For instance, some have claimed that our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha refused to let Hassan to be buried near Rasulullah Abu Bakr and Umar. So I'll give you a report. They allege that she said he will never be the fourth one. This is my dwelling. Rasulullah gave to me when he was alive. So where is this recorded? So these are the games they play. They'll give you a reference. 
It was recorded by Hafiz Zahabi in his seer, 3-276. So you're thinking, Hafiz Zahabi? But they forget, or they conveniently forget to point out what he said about it. So they've given you the reference. Then you say, oh, what did he say about this report? He stated, this is not proven, his chain is weak. In other words, this is a lie. Where Aisha goes, no. He goes, he's never going to be the fourth. This is for me. It's my house. Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah, he said, Rahmatullah. Sayyida Aisha radiyallahu had given permission for her son to be buried in her room. But others had objected. They argued that since Uthman radiyallahu had not been buried there, no one else should be buried there either. And this turmoil almost broke out. This is in Majmu Fatawa 27-222. So this is the truth. What happened? Hazrat Aisha welcomed him. She goes, Marhaba, of course, the flesh and blood of the Prophet is more than welcome. The Umayyads, there goes, Uthman wasn't buried there. He goes, no chance. He's going to be. So again, you can see passions running high now. Uthman was forced to be buried in Jannat al-Baqi. He was martyred. He wasn't allowed. In fact, it wasn't even possible for him to be buried next to the Prophet. So this, is, this was their angle. He goes, no chance. So, what does it clearly mention? Aisha wasn't the diseased Umayyads. That was them saying that. So what they did, they twisted it. Because Aisha said that. No, she didn't. It was somebody else who prevented Hassan from being buried there. Consider also the following authentic report. Sayyidina Hassan asked his son, uh, his brother, Sari Hussein, if I pass away, Go to our mother Aisha and ask her for permission for me to be buried next to our grandfather. If she allows it, then bury me there in the dwelling. But perhaps people will not allow it. If they reject the idea and as a result, fitna appears, do not insist. In that case, take me to Janat al-Baqi and entrust me there. Subhanallah. So where is this recorded? Hafiz ibn Abdul Bar Rahmatullah in his Al-Istiyab 1-392, Hafiz ibn Al-Atir in his Al-Qamil volume 3 page 20, Imam Sayyuti Rahmatullah in his Tariq Khulafa and many others. So Hassan's brilliance. He wanted to be very next to the Prophet So he told Hussein, you must get permission. Go to Aisha, our mother, and say, do you allow the grandson to be very next to the grandfather? If she allows it, bury me there. But then he put a condition. Even though Aisha gave permission, he put another condition. Perhaps people will not consent. He knew. He goes, there's going to be maybe some of my years, they'll get a bit charged up. Maybe they'll start causing fitna. In that case, don't insist. Because then bury me next to my mother. So look how beautiful this is. Would you prefer your grandfather <coughs> over your mother? No. Your mother comes first. Your mother comes first, not your grandfather. But who was the grandfather? Rasulullah. So this is Iman. He goes, if I can't be buried next to my grandfather, then just bury me next to my mother. Again, proving where is Fatima buried. Well, this big myth that she did not know where her grave is. She's in Jannat al-Baqi. The narration continues that when Hussein radiallahu attempted to fulfill his brother's final wish, 
he met a severe reaction from some of the authorities, even though Aisha Radiallahu replied yes to his request. People then gathered around Hussein Radiallahu and it seemed like swords were to be drawn again in the holy city. However, Subhanallah, the then venerable and aged companion Abu Huraira Radiallahu spoke up and reminded them of Hassan's words about sedition. Thus the souls were put back and they decided to bury the illustrious grandson of Rasulullah in Jannat al-Baqi. Indeed, he was buried next to his venerable mother, Sayyidah Fatima. So where, if you go to Jannat al-Baqi now, you enter through the gates, the Ahlul Bayt are on the right. They're all buried there. So if, if a person goes, where is uh, Hassan buried? Because you enter, you go to the right. Fatima's buried there, Hassan's buried there, the Ahlul Bayt are buried there. The shaitans who distort Islamic history, they persist. And amongst their claim is that Uthman's son, <laughs> they dug him into it. So Uthman, the third caliph, his son, Abban, they said, he said, it is very strange, even for the son of Uthman's killer to be buried with Rasulullah, Abu Bakr and Umar. And for the wrong martyr, the Amir al-Mu'minin, to be buried in Jannat al-Baqi. He goes, this is very strange. <laughs> Where is this recorded? Ibn Sa'ad in his tabakat, 1-355, with a very weak chain. So let's look at this report. So what did Uthman's son apparently say? He said, Uthman's, the son of Uthman's killer is going to be buried. Hang on a minute, what was he, was he saying? Uthman's son said what? The son of Uthman's killer. So who is he calling Uthman's killer? Ali. Right? So Aban said what? So let's put that into it without using these you know, fancy words. He's saying this. How strange. Ali's son, the one who killed the father who killed my father, his son is going to be buried with Rasulullah Abu Bakr and Umar. And the wronged martyr, Amir al-Mu'mineen, Uthman is to be buried in Baqi. So again, this is in the books. Where is it? Ibn Sa'ad al What's the chain? The chain is flimsy. Very weak. This is an obvious fabrication, leaving aside the very weak chain of transmission. How could Uthman's son accuse Ali of all the companions of being implicated with Uthman's murder. Astaghfirullah. And this is what they do. Why? Because this, mashallah, this goes without you. Yeah, let's throw that one in. Aisha stopped him. Uthman's son saying, Ali is the killer. They all hear Ahlul Bayt. Right? And the tragedy of tragedies. Our historians have placed it in the books. <laughs> but, unfortunately, those with no knowledge are relating these reports. So you get confused, you think, hang on, what's going on here? Maybe it's true. And if you look at the scholars' commentary, then you realize these are lies. Astaghfirullah. There are also reports which state Marwan ibn al-Hakam objected to burying Hassan besides his father. But interestingly, these chains are also weak. They refer to Shaykh Muhammad al-Sulami in his checking of Ibn Sa'ad's tabakat. 1-356 to 3-64, where the weakness of the chains of these reports have been explained. So, Marwan ibn al-Hakam, if somebody says, did he have a problem with Hassan being buried next to the Prophet? There's many reports. 
But the scholars, they state, look how interesting, even Marwan ibn al-Hakam, you cannot prove <laughs> that he had a problem with Hassan being buried next to the Prophet So simply put, the beloved grandson of Rasulullah was prevented from being buried next to his unparalleled grandfather by no other than those who were ignorant and biased to the then Umayyad authority. It was the fools the Prophet was saying. The fools of the youngsters, they're causing the fitna. The ones who haven't got knowledge. But instead of pointing our fingers towards them, these shaitans have turned the dial. Because Aisha is, you know, she's shown her true colors. Uthman's son has shown his true colors. The Sahaba have shown their true colors. Well, who's left? Right? So the response is, all of these are lies, but what's so dangerous, you can find it. Everything which I've mentioned, which are lies, you can find it in the books. Whatever the case, it is most informative to note that as mentioned, both Hassan was prevented by the unruly Banu Umayyah from being buried there, together later with Sayyida Aisha, considering herself not worthy. Although initially she had deserved the spot for herself. <coughs> so let's explain this. So when Hassan was martyred by poisoning, this was 49 AH. Halfway through Mu'abiyah's Khalifat, Aisha, our mother, she passed away nine years after this. So Hassan's already been buried in Jannat al-Baqi. He was prevented from being buried next to the Prophet We've explained that. Look how interesting. Who can stop Aisha? It's her dwelling. <laughs> when she became very ill, she said, I am not worthy to be buried here. <laughs> now look how touching this is. If you look at the authentic reports, when people would come to her, Sahaba, because oh mother, please, our request, could you let us please be buried next to the Prophet She would respectfully reply, I've reserved this spot for myself. <laughs> so she wouldn't let anybody be buried there. When Umar was fatally struck, Umar, when he was fatally stabbed, <coughs> he goes, quickly son, go to our mother and say, and ask whether she will allow, allow the Amir al-Mu'mineen to be buried. So obviously he was expecting, no, like she would usually say, when Umar's son went quickly, she goes, Mother, Amir al-Mu'mineen is requesting, would you allow him to be buried next to the Prophet and your father? She goes, I had reserved this place for myself, but I will prefer Umar over myself. <laughs> so Ibn Umar runs back, couldn't believe it. He goes, subhanAllah, he runs back to his father who's dying. And he says, Father, great news. He goes, she changed her mind. So Umar radiallahu says, did you say Amir al-Mu'mineen asked this? And he says, yes. He goes, she, he, so Umar was thinking, because she might think it's an order. He goes, go back, say, Umar request this. It's not an order. So he runs back. He goes, mother, my father says, not Amir al-Mu'mineen. My father asks, if you wish, will you allow him? She goes, yes. So look at Aisha's generosity. She gave it first time for who? Umar. So that was the first sacrifice. When was that? That was 13 AH. 49 AH, 36 years later, 
she gave permission for her son to be buried. She gave it up again. Now for the grandson of the Prophet But they stopped. They prevented it. Nine years after that incident, 458, 59 AH, she is now dying. And she goes, I, I'm not worthy to be buried there. Because bury me with the other mothers I, in genital buggy. And in one report, she, she said, I made a mistake. And the mistake she was referring to was she, she got entangled with politics. And she ended up fighting against Ali in the battle of the Kamal. So she remembered that. She goes, I'm not worthy. So the scholars, they say, can there be anybody more generous than our mother? That spot is the holiest place in creation. Greater than Firdos. It's the holiest place in creation. She gave it up. He goes, and only Siddiq's daughter, they say, could do that. Because she's the Siddiqa, daughter of Siddiq. She gave it up for Umar. She gave it up for Hassan. And she herself goes, I'm not worthy. So what do we take from this? And also the scholars very touchingly say, there was not a dry eye in the in Medina. Why? Because she was taken out of her dwelling when she was buried. Because she lived her entire life in that sacred dwelling. You know, looking after the grave of Rasulullah, her father and also Umar. It made life difficult as well. When Umar was buried there, she had to put a hijab on. There was a curtain, but when she would move the she put why? Because you have to put a hijab in front of Umar. So she made and that was making life even more constricted for her. And then after all that, she goes, bury me in Bukh. So she's buried also amongst the Ahlul Bayt. So now look how interesting. Sheikh Nawab Muhammad Qutbuddin Khan Dehlawi in Mazayr i Haq, number 5508, he said, this shows that the divine decree did not permit the use of that space for the burial of anyone. The wisdom behind it is that it is to be the grave of Isa. <laughs> Look how beautiful. The Prophet he said, Jesus Christ is going to be buried next to me. There's only one spot left. When Abu Bakr was buried there, there was three spots left. Sorry, two spots. When Umar was buried, there's only one spot left. So, if you look at the amazing nature of things, I've explained the politics. She gave it and she wanted to Hassan to be buried. It wasn't allowed. <coughs> she left it for herself and she goes, I can't be buried there. But really what was happening, you cannot go against the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody can be buried there except Jesus Christ. How do we know it's Jesus Christ? Because the report says in Tirmidhi from Abdullah ibn Salam radiallahu that Jesus Christ will be buried next to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now this is very interesting from many angles. So let's look at one angle. What do we know about the Prophet What's unique about their deaths? They they given a choice where they want to uh, die basically. Oh no, they get a choice whether to live or die. Right, they get a choice whether to live or die. Yeah. That's number one. What's the second unique thing about the prophets? They are buried where they pass away. Is Jesus Christ not only a prophet, he's a Rasul. So if he's going to be buried next to the Prophet, what does that mean? No, but what does it ultimately mean? If he's buried next to the Prophet, 
He's going to pass away <laughs> at that spot. He's not going to be moved. The prophets are moved, you know. Let's take him down the road, right? So then you think, okay, why would he pass away? Next to Rasulullah. So the scholars, they say, there's no text except one. He gives salam to Rasulullah. And Rasulullah returns the salam. So it seems to indicate this is his last action. Right? So the last thing he apparently does is that he gives salam to Rasulullah. He passes away. And he's buried there. So Jesus Christ is buried there. Now look at the status of Abu Bakr and Umar. This is another huge lesson here. You got Rasulullah, the greatest of creation. When Amina radiyallahu was pregnant with our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa where was the dust taken from? The dust was taken from his grave in Medina. That's where your dust is taken, wherever you're buried. So that is how holy that dust is. He's buried there sallallahu alayhi wa When Maryam radiyallahu 600 years prior to that, or so, was pregnant miraculously with Jesus Christ, where was the dust taken from? Next to Rasulullah. So you think, mashallah, two great prophets, 100%. Then you think, hang on a minute. There's two other men buried there. They're not prophets. Who are they? Abu Bakr and Umar. Where was, the, where was their dust taken from? So what does that tell you about the two sheikhs? You know, if you really think about that, their status is unique in the annals of Islam. But even that, the Rawafil can't see. Imagine, think about it. You think, look, brother, you got your arguments, we got our arguments. Okay, let's leave that to one side. End of the day, where they're buried. He goes, and they go, yeah, so what? Right? And he goes, what do you mean, so what? You're buried next to Rasulullah, Abu Bakr and Umar. And he goes, isn't that a sign, you know, without any evidence that, look, they must be great people. Then just to put salt into the wound, who's dwelling is it? <laughs> Aisha. And they've got a problem with Aisha. So then you think, let me get this straight. <laughs> According to the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, Rasulullah is buried, sallallahu alayhi wa in the dwelling of his most beloved wife after Khadija. Yeah. And next to him are buried his most beloved companions with Christ, his brother, next to him. Yeah. How does your heart feel with that? It absolutely makes 100% sense. Then you go, let's now turn to the Rawakid. This is what your belief He's buried in the wife who Allah Ta'ala hated. And the two who rebelled against him are buried next to him. Then you say, couldn't Allah Ta'ala have sorted at least the burial plot for the Prophet So the response there is, look, it's a clear sign that you're misguided. And what's interesting, they still to this day don't go to the grave of the Prophet out of hatred for Abu Bakr and Umar. Well, in reality, the Rawafid are turned away. They turned away. So had not our beloved Messenger informed one and all that if the whole world wants one thing and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants another, his will takes place. Didn't he say that to Ibn Abbas? Very famous hadith. In Tirmidhi, Hassan Sayyid, Abdullah Ibn Abbas was sitting on the same camel as the Prophet and the Prophet turned to him and he's only a youngster. He goes, oh, and he goes, oh, ya Buniya, oh my son, his cousin. He goes, remember, if Allah wants a thing and the whole world does not want it, Allah's will will take place, despite what the people want. So it's a statement. So a person goes, accept it, 100%, the Prophet said it. Give me an example. He goes, 
Isa alayhi burial next to the Prophet Look what was happening. Nothing could stop the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So yeah, you got the politics, you know, this, that, the other. But in reality was, it was the will. And that's why we say Allah Ta'ala's will is dominant. You know, we submit to that. We say all the time, but do you believe it? La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There is no power or might except from Allah, the immense. We say all the time, but you actually reflect upon what you're saying. When something happens, nothing could have stopped it. It was the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If something didn't happen, nothing could now make it happen. And that also makes you extremely brave and confident because it's all under the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all I mentioned again was adding a few details now with regards to uh, Abu Huraira radiallahu and he took his anger out on Marwan and the reason being he was the governor of Al-Madina. But we can excuse this because obviously it was to do with Hassan radiallahu and then I mentioned it wasn't just Abu Huraira, it was other companions who also, you know, respectfully stopped Hussein from taking drastic measures, radiallahu. And then I mentioned very important fabricated reports. And to this day, sadly, some Sunnis quote these fabricated reports. Aisha was not happy, Uthman's son, you know, he lost it. And all the only you lost it, brother. They haven't lost anything. You lost it, astaghfirullah. But yes, it's in our books. But the good and the bad is in our books. And then of course I mentioned the great decree of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Are there any questions you ask? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. 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 Sub